0: Hey everyone, I'm Matt Valley, and welcome to today's episode of the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the research and insights pros that you trust. Today's guest is one of the more recognizable faces in the market research industry. Annie Pettit has worked tirelessly throughout her career to make the market research industry better, whether it be data quality, research standards, analytical literacy, or ensuring that everybody has a voice in conference presentations, you know, you name it, and Annie has worked on it. And all that's great and good. Uh, and we'll talk about that. But what I really want to get to the bottom of today is Annie's passion for the humble ukulele. So welcome to, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Annie.
1: Thank you. And I'm glad we're going to spend a solid three hours discussing the nuances (laughs) of ukulele in modern music.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. I've got time, right? I've got all the time in the world, so (laughs) I'm all for it. Cool. Well, super excited to have you here, Annie. Um, I know you're very busy, so appreciate your time. Um, I would love to hear how you got into research and you, you seem to be ubiquitous. You're everywhere, but How'd you get started and, and how have you gotten to sort of where you're at?
1: Um, it, it started when I was just a young'un. <laughs> now, I, I remember in high school, <laughs> Um, my sibling went to university ahead of me and I would see the course calendar, the book back when it was paper. And I went <laughs> through like every page. And anytime I went past the psychology set of courses, I was suddenly intrigued. I was intrigued by the research methods courses, the, uh, the laboratory courses, all the Scientific experimentation stuff. So that's what I did in university, but once I got out of university, I, I, you know, I was I was set as a um, set for doing psychological assessment. And with that kind of career, there's a very limited number of research tools you can use. Right. And I happened upon marketing research, which means. I could use all the tools I learned not just the ones for psychometric assessment but you know the the AB testing and the qual and the quant and advanced statistic basic statistics so as soon as I discovered that like during my first job was like I'm done with um, government police testing I am <laughs> <laughs> yeah I am headed into uh Private business to get in some market research and do some factor analysis and regression and um, uh, grounded theory, and I was hooked right from there.
0: Oh, that's that's great. So, so tell me a little bit about once you got in. You know, how did your career sort of unfold from there?
1: Um, in the, well, <laughs> I have to say again, in the olden days, because <laughs> <laughs> because now we have multiple college and university programs that are specific to market research. So this is less of an issue, but um, back then, there weren't a whole lot of market research programs in school, not a whole lot of, you know, bachelor's or or master's or post-grad certificates. So basically I took my first marketing research job and learned the theory On the job. You know, Mm -hmm. I I had the research, the statistics, the human behavior behind me, but not how it applied in the marketing research space. So that was my first uh, major learning, my first job. After that, I moved to Ipsos, which for a Canadian, you know, is one of the top sure. marketing research companies. And that's where I really got intrigued with data quality. I had actually done data quality as my dissertation, <laughs> the uh, quality of online surveys versus uh-huh. offline surveys, <laughs> <laughs> strangely relevant to the marketing research world, <laughs> and applied all of my data quality knowledge. Um, at Ipsos and then I um, ended up moving to a startup doing uh, social media research and then moving to a global marketing research company and now um, I'm a consultant so I've basically done all the potential users you know the the government the startups a small company a large company consultant I've seen the business from all different areas which is quite fascinating yeah. So here I am.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, that's good. And and what kind of consulting do you do now, Annie? generally?
1: Um, I do a lot of work helping companies communicate about market research better. So it's it's writing about their research results qual, or qual in a in a more clear way, um, writing blog posts. Um, website content, white papers, a variety of, of ways of, of helping companies showcase what they do, marketing research companies, helping mm-hmm. them showcase what they do more clearly for their end clients.
0: Super cool. Excellent. So, so I've heard you talk about the ukulele before, um, yeah. but I, I need to know the story. So uh, I can get behind a ukulele. I mean, they're pretty cool, but, but yeah. t- tell us about, you know, how, how do you get into that?
1: So my, my background, like lots of people, I, I took music lessons as a, as a child, starting with piano, moving on to flute and recorder, but neither of those, like a piano, you, you play by yourself all done. A flute, you need an orchestra to really get the benefits from it, at least for me. And where I live, there's not a whole lot of selection of, of orchestras seeking amateur flautists or, or pianists. So I basically went online and searched for any kind of music group that would take on random people. And I came across, yeah, I didn't care what they wanted. I'll, I will learn whatever the thing is. So I found a whole bunch of ukulele groups. It's like, all right, here we go. This is an instrument that I can play with a group of people. They will accept me knowing three chords. <laughs> so I, I, I went to the store, had the, the sales clerk play me a bunch of different ukuleles. I picked one and ta-da, I joined a ukulele group. <laughs>
0: And, and how long ago was that?
1: That was about six years. I have learned more than three chords, which is, you know, stunning. <laughs> I, I actually counted. I'm something like 30 or 40 chords. It's still not impressive, but it's, it's vastly more than necessary to play any basic twinkle, twinkle or happy birthday. So I am pleased with myself
0: <laughs> now is this something that you just sort of get together in someone's basement, you know on a weekly basis and and pluck ukuleles or do, do you actually perform somewhere
1: oh we we are far more sophisticated <laughs> than basements come on <laughs> there's there's at least six groups there's um a couple that are in people's homes but most of them uh get a room at a a bar or a church or some area that gives them space and everybody goes there once a week or so someone arranges for music we all play from the same music and uh play together and then on top of that um there are a few other options where in terms of performance Uh, One of them I participate in, which is a group that plays for elderly people. Uh, Mm -hmm. In my case, it's for people who have dementia or memory, cognitive issues. We play for them. They sing along. It's all oldies tunes, which I actually love. uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, the old stuff. And occasionally they will get up and dance, which is not quite the same dancing that you or I might do. It's... uh, fairly slow, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a whole lot of fun. So I yeah. the, the once a week play for myself and once a week play for other people so that they can sing and dance along.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's, uh, that's just wonderful. That's just wonderful. So the answer to this question might be no, but I'm curious, have there ever been situations where your ukulele life and your research life have, have converged or clashed?
1: I, I object to the word clash, <laughs> but, but yes, there have been a few cases where my ukulele found itself in my carry-on, ended up at a conference, found its way to the stage, and then ended up uh, with a song about big data or data quality. <laughs> <colony. laughs> Yep. Uh, Isamar, um Amsris, who else? There's, there's been a few that uh, experienced it. I won't say benefited from it, but at least <laughs> experienced it.
0: <laughs> Very nice. Well, it doesn't get much more rock and roll than that, Annie. I'm
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Um, so So you have been around. You mentioned all the different types of situations in which you've worked. Uh, and you're working with a lot of research companies now. Curious to know your perspective on what, uh, what the future holds for research, either sort of near in or further out, pandemic related, or maybe general trends. You know, what's, what's on your mind?
1: Given my background in psychology, the, the big thing that's always on my mind is the biometrics neuroscience side of things. Mm-hmm. We, we know that people say and do very different things they say what they want to do what they wish they could do what they can remember but behavior at the end of the day is always it always comes back to being closer to some kind of truth uh, behavioral truth and that's what I that's what I really want to see from biometrics and neuroscience those those more precise behavioral measures of how we feel, how we think, how we emote. I'm really looking forward to those types of tools being more valid, more reliable so that we we have better measures in general, that we have to rely less on stated opinions, stated memories, that sort of thing, and really get into what's actually going on. So I'm keenly watching that side of things. Mm AI, um, all of those sorts of things, I find them extremely interesting. Again, I have a lot of background in the big data side of things, the SQL, SAS coding, all that fun data analytics stuff.
0: Thanks. So
1: it's fascinating. I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes, just because the potential uh, to solve so many problems is there. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. But really, I'm keen to see where biometrics take us.
0: Great, yeah. I've uh, worked a little bit in that space myself. Uh, and you know, in one sense, it, it feels like it's come so far and another, it feels like it just still isn't quite off the ground yet. So yeah, yeah
1: I'm looking yeah, if that you look well. at If you look at the whole history of biometrics, we've con- come hugely far, we've learned so much. Right. And at the same time, we still have so far to go. So right. it's really gonna be fun to watch the rest of that unfold.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, so Andy, this is a podcast and I know you've done podcasts before. Um, You perhaps may listen to some as well, but uh, when it comes to media, either industry wise or maybe personal, uh, what, uh, what kind of media do you like to listen to or or maybe recommend to others?
1: There are a bunch of really great Podcasts. I have to shout out for my uh, my friend Z and the MRX Explorer um, podcast. Great. Um, lots of good ones. So we'll we'll leave that be. But if we want to get to what really matters, the media that I listen to that matters, mm-hmm. <laughs> the <laughs> music <here>? that matters. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta get into the chicks. <laughs> um the Wreckers and a Good Old Canadian Standby. Leahy. Leahy. I'm sure you've heard of them.
0: <laughs> I, I I haven't.
1: I'm shocked.
0: But <laughs> I- enlighten me. Enlighten me in.
1: <laughs> yeah, my my stance sits more on the Canadian folk music, East Coast type of music. So I'm I'm rarely surprised when someone isn't familiar with the the brand, the bands that I name. Oh, maybe you know the Rankin family.
0: Uh, I know Rush.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm just. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm not surprised. It's, it's Ryan Adams, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Oh.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Fiddled,
1: fiddle tunes, step dancing, all that kind of thing, which kind of goes in neatly with the ukulele. Yep.
0: Definitely. definitely. <laughs> okay. I, I do like that kind of music, uh, but uh, I don't know those, uh, those players. So I, I'll well, look them up.
1: Yeah. Canadian folk music is really where it's at. Forget all this current rock and roll <laughs> stuff. <laughs>
0: All right. All right. Whatever you say, Annie. Whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure, so that, sure. that does bring us. So now you've got to narrow it down, right? So uh, mm-hmm. if you've seen this podcast. We always finish with the Desert Island Discs. So you're, you're stranded on uh, Newfoundland, maybe? <laughs> no, Desert Island. You're stranded on a desert I like,
1: island. I like Newfoundland. I could totally <laughs> be there.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's say you're there, right? Um, you're there. Uh, you're by yourself for the end of your days. You have three uh-huh. records of your choice to keep you company? What are they?
1: Okay, so I will go with with the chicks, uh, previously Dixie chicks, now the chicks. Yeah. Taken the long way, that that was one of the the records that they got in trouble for, or post-trouble. It feels like
0: ancient history now.
1: (laughs) Doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah, and, and strangely, quite relevant
0: (laughs) yes absolutely absolutely
1: yep then then i will go with um i have to say Leahy, of course their lakefield record so have a peek at that one i will and and it's it's some serious fiddle tunes if you know natalie mcmaster
0: I don't, but I've got stuff to look up now. You've given me a oh lot to,
1: to
0: look into. She's,
1: <laughs> I'm not surprised. She's one of the world-renowned fiddle players. So if you're sort of in that space, you'll recognize her name. I was going to, you know, drop a name here because uh, I hate to brag, but one of my siblings works with Natalie McMaster's spouse. Oh, wow. So Yeah. Yeah. So like he and I. Don't know each other at all, (laughs) (laughs) but I, you know, I have to have to drop my six degrees of of something.
0: Duly noted. Duly noted. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know it's really impressive. Um, And then from the records, um, their "Standstill," "Look Pretty" album. What I like about all of these, fantastic harmonies, Mm -hmm. uh, fantastic musicianship behind each of them amazing instrumentalists. So those are my picks. Go Good. get your credit card out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good picks. Um, you've got. Uh, you've given me some things to think about. So I really appreciate that. It's great to get some new ones. And I'll tell you, no one has mentioned those ones yet. So um, I'm
1: surprised.
0: <laughs> at, at some point, at some point, I'm going to go back. And of course, I have data now, right? So the more podcasts I do, I get three Three records each time, um, so I need to start uh, looking at the data. So you've given me some <laughs> some new data points, so I appreciate that.
1: I'll send you some links.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. Well, this has been a great chat. Uh, really appreciate everything you do for the industry, Annie, uh, and uh, certainly appreciate your time here on the podcast. So I would say folk, but i
1: got to say rock and roll. <laughs> Peace, my friend. All right.
0: Thanks, Annie.
1: <laughs> Glad to join you. Thank you. I'm <laughs> go